It's time to have a discussion about who the super sophomores were for Tennessee football this past football season. Not a whole lot of freshmen sticking out this past year, but there were about four or five sophomores that did a lot of things. Who was best? That and a whole lot more. Boogie Bentley today here on a Friday Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Friday morning, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Balls. I am Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys for being here. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every single day. Shout out every dayers for sending me those uh, Spotify wraps. Continue to get those in here as the week goes on. Thank you so much. I uh, love seeing those and retweeting those. And, of course, for you guys subscribing uh, for the Push to 10K on the Locked On Balls YouTube channel. Boogie Bentley, we're going to recap the Vanderbilt game just a little bit. Really recap. Uh, the eight and four season that was for Tennessee football, and then what's to come? What's coming up next uh, in December's silly season? That's coming up in uh, segments two and three. But first, I do want to talk about these super sophomores. Talked about the freshmen who can redshirt, um, top five or top couple of contributors on offense and defense breakouts, freshman of the year for Tennessee football. What about those super sophomores? This one was fun to write because there were two on each side of the football. That really stood out uh, to me, and um, let me know if you guys agree with us. We'll start with offense. Um, Dylan Sampson. I mean, Dylan Sampson, he was option three in the backfield. Should have been option two, in my opinion, but it is a crowded backfield. Jabari Small's done a lot of good things and did a lot of good things this year as well. His his average yard per carry was, was pretty solid, but Dylan Sampson took a step, man. He was dynamic, and, and even though he only had like a combined 60 yards in the season opener, had four touchdowns. You kind of knew it was going to be a special season. Uh, he burst on the scene. Three rushing touchdowns, a receiving touchdown, had Tennessee's first touchdown of the season, a little 10-yard swing pass there in the red zone. Really good ball by Joe Milton as well uh, to get things going in the opener against the Cavaliers. And then came in, vultured a couple of touchdowns there <laughs> towards the end of the uh, uh, drives, but had four total touchdowns in that game against Virginia, the first Tennessee running back to do that since John Kelly Jr. back in 2017 in the season opener against Georgia uh, Tech. And um, he finished the season leading Tennessee with eight total touchdowns. Um, pretty solid. Got half in one game, right? But, I mean, he did a whole lot. Um, his his workload increased substantially from a year ago when he had a minor role. Um, finished the year with 86 carries, 482 yards, 5.5 yards a tote, which is pretty solid. Seven rushing touchdowns, 17 receptions. 175 yards and that touchdown through the air. Um, he was really solid. Took over the fourth quarter of the Kentucky game. He was magnificent in that football game and uh, did a whole lot of good things. So Dylan Sampson would be a super sophomore for me. Uh, another super sophomore on the offensive side of the football. It's got to be Squirrel White, right? I mean, everybody else is veteran, veteran, veteran. It's got to be Squirrel White. He led Tennessee in receptions. Not only did he lead Tennessee in receptions, he had he doubled Ramel Keaton, who finished second on the team with 32 receptions. Squirrel White led the team with 64 receptions, twice as many as the second place guy, Ramel Keaton. Um, at five foot ten, 165 pounds, really really solid on the year. Finished with uh, 600, 764 yards, 64 receptions, two touchdowns. He had two 10 reception games finishing with 111 yards against Alabama and 110 yards against Vanderbilt. He had a really nice, nice touchdown reception his first of the year against Alabama, 39-yard catch to the pylon from Joe Milton. He had an 83-yard touchdown catch against UConn, but 
man, like coming into the year, I was talking so much about Ramel Keaton. Coming into the year, we were talking about Brew McCoy. Coming into the year, we were talking about Dante Thornton. We were not talking about Squirrel White. And all Squirrel White does is just be super reliable and lead the team in reception. So my two super sophomores on offense, Squirrel White and Dylan Sampson. Let's quickly move the defense. You don't have to search hard for who the first person I'm going to mention is. It's James Pierce. James Pierce was second in the SEC with nine sacks, tied for fifth in the SEC with 13 tackles for loss. Um, a huge win for Tennessee on, on signing day a couple of cycles ago. He played special teams and played in mop-up duty as a true freshman, but had a great offseason and came on and burst on the scene, much like Dylan Sampson had a two-sack performance against the Cavaliers of Virginia in the season opener. Had a huge pressure that led to a pick six against South Carolina in that football game. Had um, two sacks against, let's see here, had a pair of sacks against South Carolina in that game. Had other sacks on the year against... Uh, Texas A&M, Austin P, Alabama, which was a strip sack, Missouri, Vanderbilt. Pro football focuses highest-graded defensive end this year at 84.9. That same publication, which is Pro Football Focus, Tennessee has him at nine sacks. Pro Football Focus has him at 11 sacks, 24 quarterback hurries, and 11 quarterback hits. James Pierce had himself a year, a year, and well-deserved. I mean, he's going to be... A really, really high draft pick after next football season, in my opinion. And then we could have went Joshua Joseph, who had three and a half sacks, five and a half TFLs. We could have went Jordan Thomas, who did a couple of things. Um, Tyree West did a couple of things. I mean, there were a couple of different options here. But I, I know a lot of fans don't like him because his play was not very good towards the end of the year. But how can you not go Elijah Herring right now? Um, Keenan Peely goes out in week one, after week one. He gets thrust into action when he should have been a key reserve and continue to grow and, and adapt and everything, but he was thrust into action, started the final 11 games of the regular season, led Tennessee in tackles with uh, 76 on the year. Um, let's see here. Yeah, 76 tackles on the year. Had three straight eight tackle performances against Alabama, Kentucky, and UConn when he was playing his best football. Unfortunately, did not play his best football in games against Missouri and Georgia. Had low pro football focus grades, but in a win where defense played lights out against Texas A&M, um, Elijah Herring had his highest grade of the season per pro football focus at 73.2 on 46 snaps. Elijah Herring, good in the box player. Still has a little work to do out of the box and, of course, defending the pass. Um, but Elijah Herring played and, and was huge for Tennessee because he ended up being a starter for 11 games. A lot to go, but I think Elijah Herring does deserve a little bit of praise in that regard. So, super sophomores, James Pierce, a stud. Elijah Herring, a big-time contributor. On offense, Dylan Sampson, a big-time contributor. And Squirrel White was a stud for Tennessee. Those are my super sophomores. Am I leaving anybody out? Let me know at underscore Kaner and at Lockdown Vols. When we come back, we'll talk with Boogie Bentley here on a Friday show. Uh, but first, I do want to give a shout-out to our friends over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on all that action than right now. Fans can go ahead and check out the player props, which I think are super simple, super easy to look at. You can focus on one player, uh, you know, the totals for first half projections or 
season projections or even just the game projections. You set that at five and you know five and a half receptions. Will that receiver get more than or less than five and a half? You know, we'll find out. You can do that with player props, totals over unders, spreads, all that and more. That's at FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on for $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. FanDuel.com slash locked on locked on to kick off the NFL season today. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Hey, welcome back here to Locked On Vols, your Friday show. I'm Eric Kane. As we do each and every Friday during football season, we bring on the voice of the common fan, the Tennessee fan, that is Boogie Bentley of the Talking Vols Network. Boogie, regular season is coming on, man. It's uh, it's, it's hard to believe. I know, man. You, you say it all the time, and I still, it, like I do all of my content, you say you only get 12 regular season games, you got to soak them in, you got to drink them in. I felt like we were in cruise control. This yeah. entire season. I feel like we wished this thing away looking ahead to 2024. Still got a bowl game to get ready for. And, man, the chaos is already underway for this offseason. The transfer portal recruiting news. Uh, I like this time of year. I really do. It's fun. It's exciting. A lot, lot of rumors to chase down. Well, it's good for people like you and me because once February, March, April get here, I mean, it's it's just it's dead. I mean, it, it, sure, you, you get a little spring football, and that's fun. But, I mean, for the most part, if you're a – if you're an everyday content creator, it's it's difficult times. So the month of December is going to be a whole lot of fun. I want to get to that that silly season here in a moment, but first, um, something we kind of talked about as the season's gone along a little bit. But now that it's over, eight and four in the regular season, and that's a disappointment, right? I mean, in saying that though, it, it speaks to the volume of where the program is right now with Josh Heupel, right? Yeah, we were talking on one of my shows just this week. You know, look, looking back and. Oh, man, we just got to get six wins. Got to get six wins so we can go bowling. That used to be a theme, and now eight and four is not good enough. Eight and four, it, it feels it, you got a bad taste in your mouth, and that's why I think we're all excited about 2024 because I think Josh Heibel's done some amazing things. I think, you know, when you sit back and you look at what he took over, man, going back and, th- and thinking about all the guys that, that transferred out, all the guys that were forced out, all the changes, and Josh Heibel coming in, this thing's at rock bottom. And, you know, we're getting on here and talking about it. And we're saying, you know, this is going to take time. This is going to take five, six, maybe seven years. You know, the NCAA investigation, if you if you want to question Josh Heupel's recruiting going into year three, it's crazy, man. All the stuff he had to deal with, the scholarship productions, uh, they've done a great job. And for us to be frustrated with eight and four, that's a good thing. I think we are moving forward. And I think Josh Heupel is the guy. I thought everybody was the guy. I thought Derek Dooley was the guy. I thought Butch Jones was the guy. I thought Jeremy Pruitt was the guy. But I think we finally do actually have the guy now. And I think it's important to remember the guy is never going to be perfect, right? I mean, you have Alabama fans down there that are that are pissed off the last couple of years because <laughs> you're not perfect. I mean, it's never going to be perfect. Josh Hopple's going to make play calls that seem stupid. He's going to make coaching decisions going forward on fourth down twice on your own side of 50 on the road at Alabama that just seems so stupid. He's not going to play players late and blowout wins or losses. It's, it seems stupid. But to your point, yeah, I mean, I mean, Josh Heupel clearly through three years, go back and think about it. Of, I mean, Lane was here one year, but he would have probably had the death penalty by year three. Dooley after year three. I mean, he was can right after year three. Is that right? Yep. He, well, yeah. Yep. After year three. Yeah. And, and then Butch after year three and then Pruitt, of course, only got three years and, and then the investigation came. I mean, it's pretty safe to say that you're you're in really, really good spot here with Josh Heupel. Um, looking back at that Vanderbilt win, man, should you be happy for Joe Milton or frustrated with Joe Milton that he ended on that note? 
I'm happy for Joe, man. I, yeah. I am. And I think, you know, you and I have kind of been on the same page. We, we even said going into that game, right, on your show, on my show, uh, support Joe Milton. Get up on your feet and cheer Joe Milton because he chose us. And it was good. It is a little frustrating, right? It's like, well, it's Vanderbilt. Of course, Joe's going to go out and ball out. Man, it was good. Not only Joe, but, you know, seeing Jacob Warren make some plays, McAllen Castle's getting in the end zone. Ramel Keaton. Keaton getting in the It seemed like it was just – like they were playing on the Xbox. Like they just said, "Hey, we got to get the seniors some 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 run today," and they did that. They they went out, they took care of business. But yeah, I, man, I was excited for Joe. It was good to see him smiling uh, when you're winning and not when you're losing. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And of course, he had six total touchdowns. You know, first time that's happened for a Tennessee player since Jonathan Cropton against Memphis back in 2009. And he did all this. And, and he, you know, earlier yesterday, he received his Reese's Bowl senior invitation. Again, I, I kind of got on a soapbox a little bit on Wednesday's show, and, and I'm, I'm going to jump back up there because I want to get your opinion. Not that I'm saying Joe deserves to be a third, fourth round, you know, whatever. I mean, Joe's play, he was an average quarterback in SEC play, right? And his play deserves to be back into the draft or undrafted free agent. But I mean, Joe's going to get selected, in my opinion, I mean, maybe day two, if not day two, like early. I think it's day two, honestly. I think he'll be a third-round draft pick, and we'll see. My point is, he's going to get invited to these Reese's Senior Bowls. He'll go there. You know, we'll see what he does. The game doesn't matter. What is you? What do you do in practice? And Joe is one of the best practice players, you know, ever. Um, and, and so he's going to show out there. He's going to absolutely show out at the NFL Combine when he gets his invitation, because he will. He's going to show out at his pro day. I mean, every I mean, you, I've already seen some tweets from NFL draft scouts that are just drooling over Joe Milton. He is going to be the talk of the season. It's not going to be the same as Anthony Richardson that goes up to being fourth overall. But I think Joe Milton, it'll be hard to be a second round pick because typically, unless you're the dumbass Titans that, sorry, cussing. Uh, I'm trying not to cuss on my show anymore. Not like I'm a big bad cusser, but if you're Tennessee Titans that move up to get Will Levis, who's a mediocre quarterback, t typically you don't get taken in the second round. My point is. Joe Milton's going to be a, a higher draft pick than what anybody thinks, just simply because any coach is going to say, "Ooh, I like that, like that. I can, I can work with that. Let's go, let's go win games." Yeah, they're going to fall in love with the size, the the attributes, the arm strength. He's going to throw routes on air. They're going to love that. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't. I was just as you were talking through that, and I'm not. I'm not getting on here and pretending that Joe played some great season or he wowed anybody. He played really bad at times. He played okay at times. He never played great. And you know, I challenge people that come at me and say, "Well, why do you?" want Nico or Joe Joe did this or that give me one game on the schedule that Joe Milton won in 2023 he didn't he didn't it was team wins and Joe was just efficient but when you look at his numbers I would love to see how he stacks up with some of the other quarterbacks throughout Tennessee history I mean he almost threw for three three thousand yards 20 touchdowns five interceptions for the most part in his career at Tennessee he protected the football it's about the plays that he missed that, that stand out and you know his struggles in the red zone when the field gets tight uh, Joe's frustrating, but somebody will take a chance. I've I've laughed about it and made the joke. It's about a woman that meets a man, and he's a piece of garbage, but she falls in love with him, and she's going to fix him. And that's exactly what Josh Heupel thought. He didn't get it done at Michigan. All the Michigan fans, everything they told us when he transferred here, man, he's got a million-dollar arm, and he's got a 10-cent head, and you're going to be disappointed. We can fix him. Josh Heupel's a quarterback whisperer. He'll fix him. Didn't happen. Six-year senior. Did you see the Orange Bowl? He's fixed. Not so fast, my friend. He's not fixed, but a GM will think they can fix him. Best of luck to Joe. Look at Jared Garantano, man. Look what he's been able to do in the NFL. Uh, he'll get his opportunity for sure. 
I think it's almost disrespectful to Joe to like have that comparison, but I, I agree completely. It's, it's the whole, Oh, but it's different. He loves yep. me. You know, it, it's that whole thing. I'm not trying to compare Joe Milton to just a jerk of a human being, but like it, it's, it's <laughs> no. kind of a similar comparison. Yeah, no great human being. Joe seems yeah. like a great dude. He, he does. Yeah. He does. Uh, but I think it's the perfect comparison. It's, it's yeah. not about Joe. It's about the, the girl or the GM that thinks they can fix him. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens, man. Uh, Joe Milton ended on a high note for sure. It's going to be all Nico. I mean, Joe's going to play in the bowl game, at least at this time. Um, I don't see that changing, but then it's going to be Nico time. we got a whole lot to look forward to, uh, you know, kind of looking ahead. Uh, before we take a, a short break here and, and go into segment number three, I want to ask you defensively, where, without kind of looking at the stats and getting in the nitty-gritty, do you think Tennessee took a step, Tennessee took a step back? Kind of where are you year three defensively in the regular season? I mean, yeah, not not looking at stats. You look at stats, it's almost dead even the last year. But to me, and I hate, you know, injuries, Josh Eibel, man, you guys in the media, you guys gave him every opportunity to blame it on injuries. And he's like, nope, nope, the game does not care. And I but love that But we don't ask stance. the questions. We never ask about officiating. We never ask about injuries. We never ask about Nico. Whereas oh, all the people complaining about that, if you'd actually watch a press conference, you'd see the questions are asked. It, go, on, go on. Was it the Georgia game? I, I, I guess it was the Georgia game. He got hammered. Like, the injuries must have come up four times in a row. Yes. And he just kept going back to, no, I don't care. That's no excuse. Like, I love that stance. But I'm going to I'm gonna use injuries as an excuse. I think if Keenan Peely stays healthy and Kamal Haddon stays healthy, then this defense would have taken a step. So it's still about those Jimmys and Joes. It's still about that depth. We've, we've talked it to death. There's a lot of upperclassmen, and there's a lot of freshmen on this football team. you got to continue to build that middle depth. You got it can't, it can't kill your season when Keenan Peely is no longer on the field and Elijah Herring is out there taking a misstep and getting – he looks so slow. He looks so slow based on that first initial reaction. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a huge difference when Keenan Peely was out there versus Elijah Herring. The same thing with Kamal Haddon. You don't talk a lot about the defensive backs early in the year, and some of that is because of pressure. It's because James Pierce getting home, and that kind of faded later in the year. But Kamal Haddon, man, he played good football. And, and what a what a kind of – is it weird to say it's a great story? Like, it's almost a redemption story. After all the crap he went through based on that South Carolina game and even early into this year. What a game. Was, I mean, he had another one, not to the extent of the South Carolina hit, game, but yeah, just a horrible, lazy play where you don't wrap up and everybody's coming – I mean, deservedly so for that play. Everybody's coming at you again. He It was so bad. It was That, that, that Florida hit the South Carolina game were so bad that you had to have all the stats in front of you. It took PFF grades. It took a tweet that laid out everything that Kamal Haddon did for fans to finally be like, oh, man, Kamal Haddon's playing pretty good football. And then, boom, he gets hurt. He goes down. Uh, but I, th I think this defense could have taken a step. Push comes to shove. Injuries don't matter. Uh, they're kind of just even kill to me. Neutral. Neutral compared to last year. I will say that it took a step in the right direction, not a big step. And, and again, I'll you know get into the weeds and the, and the stats and all that, but just kind of on the onset – just because of this little graphic right here they put out. 36 sacks, second in the SEC, 10th in college football, most since the year 2004 Tennessee. Meaning, in order for the back end to be good, in order to get off the field on third downs, got to get after the quarterback. And you're right, it faded some. I mean, there was a stretch where Tennessee didn't have a sack for like two and a half games, whatever it was. Um, it was not as consistent as you'd like for it to be. But boy, that pass rush was better this year than what we've seen in years past, and that was it was fun. It was welcoming. You get after the quarterback, good things can happen behind you. So I'll say at least uh, in that regard, you took a step. Hey, more with Boogie Bentley coming up next year as we continue on on this Friday edition of Locked On Balls. 
All right, we're going to finish off this edition of Locked On Vols here with Boogie Bentley. Just days removed from the season, the regular season. We'll find out where Tennessee's going to go bowling, and we'll talk about that on Monday's show. But um, silly season. It, it don't wait for anybody. Just like Josh Hoppel said, the, the game of football doesn't feel sorry for you when you're hurt. <laughs> you know, silly season just because you got this going on, this going on, this going on. It's happening. Transfer Portal is officially opening on Monday, and that's where I want to start the conversation. Boogie, how in the world does K.J. Jefferson – Will Rogers, Cam Rising, how do they have eligibility remaining? I cannot wait until the COVID years are over with. I'm so John Campbell, who I don't think is coming back at this time, could come back and he'd be a seventh year player. It's just, it's incredible. <laughs> look, look at Jawan Mitchell. Like, I don't know how long that kid's been playing football, but he's played yeah. for about 14 teams in the last two years. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It is, it is silly season. And it's, you know, I know we, we kind of said at the top of the show, we like it, we enjoy it. It gives us something to talk about. It's kind of fun. Uh, but at the same time, is it ruining the game? Is it ruining the game when kids are jumping in, fishing for that NIL money, getting out? And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's good. Timing-wise, it was great for Tennessee, right? When Josh Eipel came in, we talked about all the guys that transferred out. If the portal wasn't there, there's no way Josh Eipel rebuilds this roster as fast as he did. And there's a balance between getting guys that come in and one are done versus, like I said earlier, getting guys with multiple years of eligibility. But it, it's chaos, man. It, it is chaos. Uh, seeing the kid from Juice Wells just enter the portal uh, at the time that we're recording this. Why are, you entering the portal? Say? Why are you entering the portal? Huh? Why? Like, I like the stories of the kid from Princeton, the offensive tackle from Princeton. I made a video on him. I like that story. He's a, he's a guy that's played at lower-level football at an elite level, and now he's going to try to take a business trip and upgrade to whether he goes to the SEC or wherever and try to get to the NFL. Jared Verse, right, another guy that had a great story. McAllen Castles. And that's why when some of these guys we talk about, people are like, oh, really? We're going to take a guy from, from Princeton? Really? That's where we're at? We took McAllen Castles. I was the first one to go, I have no idea who this guy is. And then the more you start to find out, you know, he had a lot of interest from the NFL. Same story with the kid from Princeton. And then he come in, comes in and contributes. And, man, what a great player McAllen Castles was. It's crazy. It is a crazy time of year. Yeah, he was he was huge this year. Um, arguably, arguably the um, – well, if we sit down here and think about it, I mean, Omar Norman Lott had five and a half sacks. I mean, that wasn't nothing. Gabe Judy Lolly started ten games. But arguably, McAllen Castles this year is the biggest transfer portal get, right? Um, also, you, you, you just, I don't know if you heard me, but did you hear my joke? I, I said, how do, you, how do you feel about it? some orange juice? How did I miss it? What, what, what did Ju I miss? Juice Wells, orange juice. Oh, I don't get it. Coming to Tennessee, put on that orange, orange juice. Oh, man, gosh. You know, sometimes the jokes just go right over your head. <laughs> Juice well is juice. I made a video on Juice Wells today, and 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 the reason I made it. All right, let's let's. You said what are we going to talk about? It's my show, second half. Let's let's talk go, about. Go ahead. Hey, Kaner, drop the bag. You want Francis Malangoa? Drop the bag. You want Carnell Tate? Drop the bag. You want Juice Wells? Drop the bag. Oh, by the way, we need a bunch of our offensive linemen to come back for a COVID year because we need that foundation. We need to drop the bag. Brew McCoy needs to come back. Kaner this year, drop the bag. Everybody, Sammy Brown. Elite linebacker, drop the bag. It's Everybody is so quick to say, oh, just go spend the money. You you said on my show, you, re, you said it back again here, college football coaches don't get paid enough money. How do you balance this? How do you balance, you know, people are going to get mad. These, these, there will be some elite level tight ends and offensive tackles that go into the portal. Tennessee 100% will want them. Will they spend the money? No. Rumors of what Francis Malingol was getting paid to go to Miami? You can't, you can't spend all this money, but drop the bag, right? Drop the bag. Just buy them all. 
So yeah, close. I mean it's it, it's tough, man. I, I think if I'm a head coach, I've got to prior I got I got to kind of prioritize some things. So, you know, Tennessee's in it with Jordan Seaton. I mean, Tennessee is in it, and until Tennessee, until he says Tennessee is out, until you get a realistic feel that that he's not going to pick Tennessee, that's got to be your number one priority, in my opinion, because he could be a guy that could be your three years, whereas a Cooper Mays is just one more year. Having said that, you know that's your number one priority, in my opinion, kind of how you you navigate this next little bit. At the same time, you still got to be saying, all right, well, I've got to have Cooper back. Have to. Um, have to. Got to have Cooper Mays back, right? I mean, you have no other center on roster. I mean, Vice and Lang's played in three games this year. I mean, we have no clue what he is. Addison Nichols couldn't take over the center position. Um, is Addison Nichols going to be on roster this time next week? Well, we don't know. Um, just so much going on. Got to get Cooper Mays back. Feel good about Javante Spragans. Hate that he got hurt, but that kind of helps Tennessee. And so, you know, make sure that he's settled and he, he's coming back. Which one of these tackles? Gerald Mincy, I would assume, is going to be back, right? He's just a redshirt junior. He's not going to the NFL. Um, John Campbell, let's see what the NFL is. I mean, point is, check with all these guys. And if it's not an outlandish claim, you got to do what you got to do to bring them back. Um, so, like, you know, Seton would be number one and, and rounding out the class of 22, 24. Getting these COVID seniors on the line of scrimmage that you need back, get them back. And then, I mean, you obviously got to be looking at the portal. I mean, I put out a story the other day about Tennessee's top five needs in the transfer portal. One's tight end. Got to get a tight end. Need two. You know, impact receiver will be good. Another offensive tackle. Tennessee has been honestly built via the transfer portal, if you're being honest. Now, you know, let's see what some of these young guys are going to be, right? I want to see what Ethan Davis is going to be. I want to see what Nico is going to be. I want to see what John Slaughter and Ricky Gibson are going to be. But since Josh Heupel's been here, man, the portal has been your best friend, and they've done a great job of developing these guys. So all that, long-winded way to say all that is happening this week, <laughs> next week, <laughs> the week after that. I mean, you are – we're going to have a great idea of what Tennessee's going to be the first week of January for the 2024 season, and that's before any spring practice is held. Yeah, it's, it's all I say. How do you balance? Where do, where do you spend the money? Like, Yeah. I, for me, I'm with you. For me, it starts with with Cooper Mays. Even even over, oh, I shouldn't really say this, but over Jordan Seaton, because I'm looking at 2024. And, if and again, you're not starting to cut trouble. you off, but it's like it, it's not like one or the other. You're doing both at the same time. But right. like priority list, like for me, it's just like gotta have that guy could be here three years over one year. But I, I mean. Cooper Mays is huge. So yeah, I, th I just think the offensive line depth, right? I mean, you you get Cooper back, you get Spragans back. You mentioned Gerald Mincy. I don't know what they're going to do at guard. Is Andres Carrick going to play left guard next year? I I, nope. I don't know. And then so if if Mincy's back at the right tackle, then what I do to Jordan Seaton is I go say I say look here, we 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 got an elite level quarterback coming in. We got all these guys on the line of scrimmage coming back, but we're missing one key piece, and you you're the key piece. We we need you to start as a true freshman at the left tackle position, and that's how you try to get him in the boat and then you're going to try to pay him what he needs but again it's just the chaos of the timing of it all how do you know what to prioritize when you're just now sitting down to have conversations about where you spend the money oh and then meanwhile we got to have a tight end we need we need probably two tight ends based on the way that room looks right now that's that's got to be your priority to me which again to go full circle about orange juice now that i get the joke are you going to drop a bag on that guy when we've got all this chaos that we've spent the last five minutes talking about with the offensive line I don't think you're going to spend that money on. on you know, juice. I don't know if he'll he'll like demand a bag, but you know who you should spend some money on. Justin Jolly. You really? know who that is, don't you? 
I made the video I just made today that just uploaded. I talked about Juice Wells and how that was you're spending all this money, and then you got it's actually Jolie. You know, I looked up the, on their website. Jolie. It says it's Jolie. I don't know if that's accurate. That's what their pronunciation got said. But regardless, well, I, I, I'll go with that. So we we make the joke in baseball season, you know, because there's 75 million baseball games and we, we cover every single one of them. So you know, me, Sean, Ben, Mike Wilson, you know, we're all up there. And anytime Tennessee's playing one of these midweek teams, you know, they're, they're winning 25 to nothing in baseball. It's pretty impressive. But point is, they're killing this other team. But there's this one guy that just keeps just just keeps coming. We make the joke, all right, Tony's going to walk over there in the third quarter and go get him out of the transfer or go, go tamper, right? I mean, we make that joke. By the end of the first quarter of that Tennessee-UConn game, it's like, that guy, portal need. <laughs> like It's like you, you saw it's that so guy, and it's like, all right. Come on down to Knoxville. Let's get it. And, I mean, honestly, multiple years, super athletic, versatile. Can he block? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm sure that there's probably, before he even announced that he was going in the portal on Thursday, I'm sure 25 schools have already kind of reached out to whoever his handler is. I mean, that's just the nature we're in, right? I mean, all these all these intents who enter the transfer portal for all these quarterbacks, wide receivers, I mean, all they're already being reached out to by third parties. You know, seven-on-seven seven coaches, youth leaders i mean people from hometowns i mean high school coaches it is what it is right i mean that's just kind of where we are that's a i said the exact same thing in the video that i made earlier today which it's actually it went up on thursday but i said it's watching college football in 2023 is weird because if you're watching a team like connecticut and they have that one player you're immediately thinking we need to go get this guy in the portal wasn't it there, there was a kid for akron i think last year uh, that everybody was talking about was it the quarterback that everybody uh, was talking about? I, I remember. I remember after the Akron game, I pretty much called him a punk because he was yeah, he, was, he was, a was dirty player. <laughs> he could play. He could play though. He could play. He but could, it is. Yeah. It's fun. It's funny how you you see that. But yeah, you know, you back channel communications, all that stuff. That that's the new paying players, right? It's illegal to pay players. Everybody was getting paid. It's illegal to talk to these kids before they enter the portal. Everybody's talking to these kids before they enter the portal. Be interesting to see. I know you guys over at VolQuest have put it out there that Tennessee's evaluating every offensive tackle and every tight end that goes into the portal. So uh, his name's got to be up there on the list. Be interesting to see. Be, man, it would make the GQ as happy as they could possibly be. He has been the hero of the general's quarters uh, the last few months. I mean, for for five minutes and then, you know, the Tennessee basketball plays and there's 27 million threads on that board. Uh, all right, Boogie, we'll, so we, we say goodbye here. We'll, we'll continue to do some stuff over the off. We'll get a plan maybe once a month or something. We just got to communicate. But um, tell me uh, tell me where Tennessee's going bowling, who Tennessee's opponent's going to be, and tell me two major opt-outs for Tennessee who will not be playing in that football game. Oh, man, that is a lot of information you just threw at me. Well, all Call, the, all call the- bowl predictions here. Everybody is saying Gator Bowl in North Carolina. I'm ready for redemption. I am ready to go beat the brakes off of North Carolina. Their quarterback's going to opt out. He ain't going to be playing. The last time Tennessee played North Carolina was the nonsense with Derek Dooley. Do you remember that game? Oh, yes. Good Lord um, have mercy. Changing wasn't rules? was uh, the safety who, um, like, he speared, he speared the receiver, huge flag? When did Jack – not Jack Jancic, it was um, – there was a big time penalty for targeting in that game before it was targeting. It was like spearing and it, it erased like a huge interception or something. Yes, but I do remember that game to your point. The end of the game when they get a penalty, clock's running out and they, yeah. they're scrambling a field goal team on. Just, I'm ready for a redemption story. I would like another shot at North Carolina. So that sounds fun for me in the Gator Bowl. Two players that are going to opt out. Uh, give me Tyler Barron for 500, Alex, and just to get everybody riled up and happy. Joe Milton. He's going to hand over the keys to Nico Iamaliava. Do I believe that? No, but that's where I'm going with my bold take. 
My opt-outs would be Tyler Barron and Jalen Wright. So we'll see if that actually happens. Mm, of course, I see that. Yeah, those will those will come over the next of the course uh, of the next few weeks if that is the case. Boogie, appreciate it, man. We will uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Always a good time, brother. We'll catch up. All right, that is Boogie Bentley, the host of the Talking Vols Network. Do a great job. They go live. They do some live streams a couple times a week. He plays video games, gets paid for it. Uh, it's a good time, good place. I meant to actually jump on his video game stream. I think it's Tuesday night, maybe Wednesday night, and I, I forgot to. But I, one of these days, I'm going to get in there and just just hide out in the in the in the live chat and just troll everything he does. Just troll him. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So you can do that too. <laughs> Follow Boogie on Twitter and find out what uh, whatever he's going live and uh, support that channel because they've done a lot for this channel as well. Uh, been a fun week. We started getting into our off-season contents, and uh, it's been a whole lot of fun. Monday, we will talk about who Tennessee is playing, what bowl game they're going, some potential opt-outs like we just did, all that and more. The silly season is here. The month of December with the transfer portal officially opening on Monday. Better buckle up. It's going to be fun, but don't be left behind. Stay dialed in right here with Lockdown Balls every single step of the way. You guys enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday.